Good evening and welcome to a special edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. Hello out there, everybody. <laughs> well, I said special edition because I, I we got to start with the tech side of this for the real inside podcast stuff, Rob. We uh we both have new microphones. Well, let's be honest. We both have microphones. We both have microphones for the first time. We are not recording directly into an iPhone. iPhone headphones, right? <laughs> yes. For the first time in the history of the podcast, after uh, much discussion of this for the last three or four years, uh, we're also trying to record this on a new software product tonight. So we will see what happens. Um, bear with us. Bear with bear us. Bear with us. And hopefully it sounds good. We'll be fine-tuning over the coming weeks, but hopefully this will allow us not to lose guests um, in the future and stuff like that and to have a little more editing control as we get back in the saddle. And as always, <laughs> we're, we're, I intentionally we're, cracked mine before so it wouldn't show up on the new microphone. <laughs> no, no, I, wa- I wanted to make sure one of them showed up. <laughs> but uh, welcome everybody uh, to a fun edition. Rob and I are going to try really hard. It is now, what are we Wednesday, October 21st, that we are recording this, and we are going to get ready to try to get back to our consistent every week podcast, um, even if it's a little shorter and a little less heavy on the content, as we hopefully head towards basketball season and actual JMU sports, and and just because we're both ready to do it. Um, Excited about this. Got a little motivation from the new equipment. We'll see if we can actually edit this and put it out. But Rob, I wanted to start... um, you know, first of all, we got to talk about Ben, right? Yeah. Oh, my we gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that, I've never been so excited to see an NFL quarterback just hand the ball off cleanly. And and I'm not being like facetious or like, oh, ha, ha, like trying to make light of this. I was really, really excited for him. And, you know, it's I don't know how many people have taken snaps in an NFL game. It's it's a big deal. There have been a lot of really good Jamie quarterbacks. This is the first time it's ever happened. Um, ever. Ever. It's just, there are not a lot of guys who've done that. And to see a guy in Ben DiNucci, who you and I, I felt like were kind of staunch defenders of, mm-hmm. you know, certainly two years ago after oh, the yeah. Colgate debacle, um, where a lot of people just thought, oh, he's a bum. He's no good. And he got better every year of his college career. He was tremendous his last year at JMU. Even that being said, I didn't think he'd get drafted. And then he did. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You got McCarthy, a guy who can really develop quarterbacks. Maybe down the road, he'll be, you know, active roster, but maybe not on, maybe not active on game days and get some good reps. And, you know, he's a project and maybe it'll work out. But to see him get into the game, it's, and more than that, you and I were texting during the game. But mm-hmm. if you read the comments leading into the game, McCarthy was very focused on Danucci and getting him ready. He's like, Andy Dalton mm-hmm. is Andy Dalton. He Mm -hmm. is what he is. He's a professional. He's going to be ready. But he was really not panicking, but talking about how they had a lot of work to do. They had to get Danucci ready and it was going to be a lot of preparation. And yeah, he didn't come in there and really do much of anything. But the fact that he got in some reps and this is not a situation where he's, at least in my estimation, he wasn't just the backup for this game. They seem to have plans for him. Like they're going to make this work this season. The NFC East is very winnable for any team that is slightly better than trash mm-hmm. but it's like they're gonna ride out dalton and danucci's gonna be counted on not necessarily to come in and take the job i know as, as jmu fans we're all like oh no no that's you know, a little out of but controlness like, but yeah no, but he's got to be ready should something happen 
he's going to be the one that needs to go in there and try to win the game. And that's exciting. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I was really over the moon. I don't like the Cowboys. Uh, it wasn't a particularly good game. I had no interest in watching it, yet I was glued to the television for the fourth quarter. It was incredible and it was so much fun. And we've been, it's just been so long. We've missed our community. I, I saw, you know, I, I think we retweeted the Katie Harper, uh, the former yeah. Breeze reporter who covered the team for a little while, last few years, uh, you know, who's just a really fun person Good about JV blog. sports. She just started too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, she said she just really wanted them to put Ben in because she wanted to see JMU Twitter go nuts. And she was exactly right. Yeah. And, and, I think it was Pim, you know, our kind of tailgate buddy who said, like, I missed you all. I missed our yeah. community. And all of a sudden there was like this weird thing on a, you know, 1115 on a Monday night in the middle of the worst year most of us have ever, certainly the most bizarre year any of us have ever lived through, you know, of people, you know, 70 people interacting immediately about this. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, and it was, uh, yeah, two things, Rob. I mean, one it was awesome to see the current players, you know, um, Mike Green, Harry O'Kelly, you know, all kinds of guys still on the team get excited. Even Shore. It was, yeah, it was also often just awesome. That's what I was going to say, the former players yeah. that uh, know Danucci. That was really great. Or just know the, the program and know what a big deal it is. Yeah, big time. And and you, you hit the nail on the head. It, it's incredible what circumstances can do, you know, of all the quarterbacks and all the players for JMU. I mean, how many times the last couple of years, whether it's Rashard Davis or Rondell Carter, whoever, you know, bouncing around from practice squad to practice squad. And all of a sudden Rashard Davis is returning punts in the playoffs, Yeah, you know, and, and this year he's back, you know, fighting for a, a place to play and for Ben to, to get this opportunity was really cool. And all I can say is the Cowboys come here this week, Rob, um, I really hope he's still on the active roster and, and we'll get to see him on TV here this weekend. I mean, putting aside the, 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 the horrendousness of the uh, NFC East. Yeah. It's so bad. You know, it yeah. looks like, it looks like what would have happened if there was relegation, you would think mm-hmm. the NFC East would be like the second tier. Yeah. And it, it oh, would, yeah. like all the other divisions, you send the guys back down. It was, it's not a good division. I think I really thought that it's genuinely like the worst division in like since the early seventies, but it's, oh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, look, if Ben had been able to throw and complete a pass the other night, I would have been <laughs> oh, <laughs> like no, the no. whole, I mean, that would have been insane, but just him getting in the game. What a, what a moment. Congrats to him. My son um, wanted, Sam wanted to pick him up on, on his fantasy team. I picked him up last week. I did pick him up in one of my leagues. I, well, I had well, a spot. Yeah. We have a COVID reserve spot that I had lost a player to. And I <laughs> put him in there. Um, Sam tried to challenge league rules. He wanted to drop a kicker and just uh, pick up Danucci. He's like, kicker's stupid. And I was like, hey, now. And he's like, well, what, what does it matter? Because he's got like Russell Wilson and Joe Burrow. He's like, well, I'm not dropping either one of those for Danucci. But he's like, I got to have him on the team. And so, <laughs> That's how I felt. Yeah. Um, I'm actually dropping him this week because my kicker, the Panthers kicker now is on the COVID list. So <laughs> I actually have to deal with the backup kicker. But um, I, I, and then the second thing, Rob, I, Mike Cauley was the one that I couldn't help thinking about the other night. I think, I don't know if it was Kurt Dudley or one of the- He got drafted by the Colts, correct? Did get drafted. He was the last, the other JMU quarterback to get drafted. Um, and that was our time. And He was good. He was good. And actually, I joked about this whole thing with Danucci coming here to play Washington this coming week. Um, Nelly and Zaraga and I 
um, were doing a cross country trip, driving trip after we graduated. And one of the three or four nights we were in Vegas was the night that Danucci. <laughs> It was a preseason game. Collie, Collie, Collie. Sorry, Collie. Yeah, we all bet on the Washington team. I think I've talked about this in our sort of JMUSB bad breaks before, mm-hmm. but we bet on uh, the Redskins at at the time, and I, I don't even remember. I, I, I will, I'll lose track of this, but the Redskins scored with say a minute and a half to go, and Collie was the third or fourth string for the Colts in the preseason, and he led them down the field and to a touchdown that. They went for two and lost, but they covered, and we all lost our bet to Mike Colley. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was like, we're like, are, you got to be kidding That's me. This guy that we know yeah. just beat us. <laughs> like, the, First of all, the number one rule of all this is never bet on the preseason. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here we are again, and, and um, yeah, Danucci could could play a role. It's a, There is a non-zero chance that Danucci will play a role in people's wagers this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also, uh, like, even if he doesn't, the guy just no. took snaps in the NFL. And that in the NFL, so what are there, maybe cool. 2,000 guys ever that have played quarterback in the NFL? I mean, yeah. it, it can't be. I don't know what the number is, but it's it's incredible. No, and you think about how many Division One teams there are. I mean, there are guys that win Heisman trophies that can never catch on and, or never even, you know, see significant time. I don't know. Maybe he will. He, he's a he's a project. Let's mm-hmm. be real about it. Um, but if he can do this and just get the preparation each week and get mm-hmm. some reps with the first team, yeah, that's amazing. And by all indication, they're going to sign Dak. They're going to, you know, Jerry Jones is saying they're going to keep and they're going to keep him and forget about the injury. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. but geez if you can have a career i mean being an nfl backup that's yeah. that's pretty much the dream job the dream job of all jobs I punter mean, and backup but, quarterback yeah, yeah you come in and who knows i mean there are guys those backups get picked up every year or switch teams every year where they need starting quarterbacks there's a dirt of quarter of starting quarterbacks across the league and yeah. it's just it's amazing that for the first time ever a jamie quarterback Got snaps in an NFL game and did it in prime time, which was even better. Oh, and, and, you know? and now, I mean, in practice, he's, you know, look, Andy Dalton's a pro. They, they needed it. You and I talked about the other night. The Cowboys were getting their butt kicked. And a lot of us, uh, look, we were among the JMU fans who wanted him to go in at least a series earlier. But they need all the reps they can get for Dalton with the first team right now. Yeah, they do. Um, So it was, I was actually glad that he even got in the last you know, the last minute that he did. And, but it's pretty cool. He's getting to throw balls to Amar Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, like in practice, this is awesome. So good luck to Ben. Congrats to Ben. Um, and to the whole program, to all the coaches that worked with him, um, everybody that came through. It's, it's a, it's just a great opportunity for JMU. I mean, you know, you and I, you know, we have our own feelings on the Cowboys, but it is the Cowboys, right? It's yeah. pretty darn, pretty darn cool. I mean, you know? yeah. <laughs> You know, it's so. cool. It's a great accomplishment for the program. Yeah. So just, just a great moment and so much fun. Rob, we're going to stay on football and we're going to move to some news this week out of the CAA and a little more on the negative side here. Uh, we found out this week that Towson is bailing on the spring season. Uh, you and I both have questions, I think, along with a lot of other people about whether the spring season will occur uh, and in what form. Uh, we're hopeful that the leagues at the FCS who's going to play in the spring, or at least has stated their intention to play in the spring and rolled out some schedules and peers ready to go, uh, you know, is they're going to learn. Hopefully they're going to learn from the FBS programs that are playing 
and other FCS, but you know, this whole FBS fall season and maybe the spring can, can go off with a little less craziness than what's been going on with the Gators or <laughs> other FBS programs. Um, but it was really interesting that Towson bailed on this, which Towson was, I think the, my understanding Rob was that the CAA is going to play in two pods in the spring. They're going to play North South. Yeah. And, and so Towson was in the South. Towson was in the South with JMU, Elon, Richmond, William and Mary. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's it, right? Might've been miss, Delaware too. Is Delaware in or is Delaware? I, I don't know. You might be somebody. Anyways. No, because like Towson Delaware. is out now and they're going to have to fill that slot for JMU and the other South teams. Um, I'm, I'm fairly confident at the moment that JMU, Elon and Richmond are going to play football in the spring. Um, William and Mary's got their own. <laughs> There's a lot going on in, in Williamsburg. A lot going right on now. in Williamsburg right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, they lost their athletic director for forging a letter. Yeah. Or, or, or plagiarizing. Plagiarizing a letter that Stanford had put out. Um, good job. Good effort there, William and Mary tribe. But, uh, and yeah, what, the, what did you think, Rob? The, you wrote that was, about this. That was a school with the uh, first honor code in America, by the way. So that's right. They've only been around since like you know 500 years or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, what did you think about this Towson news, though, Rob? The timing is what really shocked me. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a number of things that surprised me about this. The fact that they pulled the plug in October, when we're starting to see the rest of kind of FBS ramp back up, um, really just kind of struck me as odd. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying it, it could turn out to be the right decision mm-hmm. but it just seemed like they're they're turning down the opportunity to get more data and see how successful football can be you and i maybe behind the scenes or, or off the podcast or the blog have been very cautious if not skeptical if this fall football could work but i've got to say even though with the gators and everything it's it's been manageable you know, the fact that, you know, they seem to be comfortable, like we can cancel games and scramble and reschedule. And um, you obviously don't want anybody to get sick or, or to become a spreader. But we haven't had the really, really bad scenario that some of us might have envisioned. Um, and it seems like it is certainly risky. It is, it is not without potential consequences like anything. But they're managing it. You know, we haven't had the entire thing shut down. And so just now when we've got the Big Ten coming back and the Pac-12 and everything, mm-hmm. why now? Why not just roll the dice or just sit back and wait and collect more data? Um, so that really struck me as odd. That was the first thing. Like, hmm. Particularly given that so many people that were the early, like, let's get ahead of this. I don't know. Like the Big Ten to me almost seemed like they were trying to take stake the moral high ground. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, they yeah. thought everybody was going to bail, so we're going to say we're we're quitting first, along with the Ivy League, and we're going to be this this bastion of integrity. And then and they when they started, they recruited Nebraska into their Nebraska, league. Nebraska, Nebraska, <laughs> right, right, right. that. Nebraska doesn't give a crap about yeah. moral high ground. Right? Yeah. yeah, and then they kind of scramble back, and other so it's like, and all these other. I mean, UMass is still scheduling games as of today, trying to get like <laughs> today, right? Yeah, there are just people are scrambling to try to make this work. So we kind of saw like it doesn't really. There's no advantage to getting out ahead of the decision early, unless you're the Ivy League, which just plays on a completely different level and has completely different resources and. It just it they're they're completely it's it, they're on an island. They're not. Yeah, it's it, not. This bothers me every t- every yeah. week with the New York Times. Like I, the rest of us, what I don't care what Princeton, what's yeah. going on at Princeton. Like it doesn't. That's so they irrelevant to like ninety nine percent of Correct. 
colleges. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah. that is nothing. You know, th- those are mm-hmm. tweed tailgate parties on Saturday yes. afternoons. Yeah. They have nothing to do with the rest of college sports. It's exciting. God bless them. But like, that is not a data point that is relevant to most of us. So that was the big thing. The timing of it really stuck. The other thing that I thought was odd is the prevailing assumption amongst JMU fans, and I would think most CAA fans, is that Towson is more closely aligned to JMU in terms of its willingness to dedicate resources to football, to sports in general, to facilities, Mm -hmm. than the rest of the CAA. Maybe not the rest of the CAA, but certainly there's a tier. There's kind of the northern schools that are a little more focused on other sports or maybe not as in as football crazed parts of the country that people always question like are they really a good fit does it make sense to have schools like towson and jmu and i mean elon is not a big school but elon certainly elon's is. the other one that e- i would have yeah elon is really and pushing arguably delaware delaware you know delaware. those are the four that i would have said like these are the ones i can you can somewhat get, rely on well and then william and mary yeah, William some Mary's an interesting it's, case it's, it's, just because I feel like they have a they have a golden parachute whenever they want it to just they do, pull the plug like, and go to They've the invested League, with, but. with the Laycock Center and they do have some pretty decent support and they mm-hmm. they redid the stadium. So they've shown a willingness to to spend a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just really was concerning because we've long assumed like, okay, well, it won't be a Towson that would bail. I think most of us would have said, if you just blindly were told Hey, one of the CAA teams dropped out this week for spring football. You probably would have said Rhode Island, Albany, you, Albany, you yeah. know, um, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. Like these schools are just, it's not mm-hmm. really in their interest. I guess Stony Brook's another one we should consider a little bit more forward thinking in terms of resources. So it was yeah, good. I do. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was shocking when it was Towson because everybody always thought mm-hmm. like Towson is more athletically inclined or athletically focused, I'm sorry, yeah. than the rest. So that was a bit of kind of cold water to the face for me. Like, I don't know if that means our assumptions have been completely off base or if we need to be like, Oh crap. Jamie was an extreme outlier. If Towson, you know, the, the next best tier is really not committed to this. What about the rest of the league? And then I immediately went to that kind of worrisome thing of like, is this going to start to snowball? And is this going to be a situation where people go, well, if Towson ain't going to do we're going to back to her. They're just looking for somebody else to take the fall and and kind of create that excuse to leave. Then mm-hmm. the other thing, the, the final thing was Ambrose has said that 75% of the players were against playing in the spring. Yeah, that was the weird one to me. Well, yeah, which I don't know if they if they really feel that way and they're so focused on their health and the larger issues, then God bless them. That's awesome. You know, have an opinion and stay and good for all those players. In the same way that I'd be excited if other players say, I want to play and if we can do it safely, let's do it. Like, that's great. Voice If they gave them a voice and that was really the vote, that's terrific. Mm-hmm. But he said that the logic was they didn't think it was worth playing in the spring to sacrifice the fall or delay the fall. Sounds like they're scared to me. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, it, it, I just I don't believe anything Ambrose says. I don't He's either. Like, one of the I, slimiest guys in the yeah. conference for well, that's ten mean. years, and I just it's complete rubbish. And I think he thinks he's got a crummy team. Yeah, and and I he don't lost Flacco, and yes, he'll come back in the fall with a new recruiting class and be ready to go, and he'll have a leg he, up on everybody when we get yeah. to the real season. Yeah, he's waiting it, for just, some FBS quarterback to get a DUI or something. Yeah, that seventy five percent thing. Just I, I that is where it was like, okay, I don't buy it. I don't buy that 
Because the kids, you read the article, awesome article, by the way. And I know we give Craig Haley <laughs> deserved crap, right, for being a bit of a JMU hater over the years. Um, but longtime FCS correspondent he, he knows wrote an article. Stuff, yeah. Right. And he reached out to Fornadel and Ike Green on JMU, who both said, you know, look, we know we're, we consider ourselves NFL prospects and we're playing in the spring because yeah. we want to, I mean, they didn't say it, but. They want another shot at NDSU if they can get it before yeah. they leave, you know? Well, the and other thing, like, I'm I don't sorry, believe I'm the Towson players. I was just, no. it's just the whole point. I don't believe 75% of Towson players don't want to play. No. Kids want to play. If I'm at JMU right now, I want to play. I wanted to play in the fall. I definitely want to play in the spring, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know. The percentage I, I agree with them. him about, we've talked about the physical difficulty of playing a fall, a spring and then a fall season. It's tough. It could be risky. They're not going to play as many games in the spring. Towson wasn't going to play. They were only going to play six games in the spring because they weren't going to playoffs. Yeah. But, but what's Towson going to do in the fall if it's the only school that sits out in the spring? That's the part that gets me. Like, that's they what say, I we're wonder. not sacrificing the fall. Well, that's not the choice. The choice yeah, right. is you the can play is- in the spring and you can play in the fall when greater FCS decides to play in the fall. Correct. You know, like, so that's what really got me. And the fact that he said, that's what the reasoning was makes me think did they try to plant that seed and then we'll go into conspiracy theory here like, <laughs> did they plant that yeah, did seed? they plant that among their own team or yeah. are they saying that to try to plant that amongst the other teams to be like hey guys let's point this out here you know we're, we're all going for this and is mm-hmm. six games really worth it or should we just maybe all pull up stakes and and try to start you know first week of september i don't know but like if it turns out that's what happens, great. We can all say, oh, Ambrose is smart. He's not. Yep. Yep. That was a lucky draw. But it's just, it's like they're saying we're going to sacrifice the spring to take advantage of this opportunity, which does not exist. That's Correct. what was really just, it's like, what's going on? It wasn't like, hey, you have a choice of you can either play in the spring or play a full season in the fall. Who the hell are they going to play? Well, that's what I don't understand. And and I do look as a, as a sports fan in general. This year, this fall from, you know, COVID on has been weird. Mm -hmm. The Lakers aren't giving back the title. No. (laughs) Ask the Rays and the Dodgers tonight if they want to be in the World Series. Damn right they do. And we're playing, somebody's going to play for a championship in the spring, at least according to the NCAA at this point. And if if I'm JMU or NDSU or Towson or anybody else, you know, a player there, I want to play when there's a trophy on the line. And I'll play again in the fall when the time comes, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it a little bit, but yeah, this just, it, it was so weird to me because when I first heard the news, I thought this must come from the administration. Like I, I was surprised. And then I looked, you know, just the first thing you see and you're, I'm like, wow, Ambrose is the one who's carrying the water on this for Towson. Yeah. Like the football program is the one who's leading this. And, and then you start to wonder, okay, well, it's also weird because like if the football program, I don't know, I just, you worry about all these schools, budgets and athletics and everything else. And, and you made the point before that's a good one, which is if we don't have fans and we all know the CAA doesn't have, I mean, they don't have a CAA, they don't really have a TV deal no. in normal times, much less in the spring when they're competing with who knows what, <laughs> what the athletic calendar is going to look like in March. March and April, you know, sort of big picture wise, but 
well, I like, just didn't understand this. I didn't understand, like, it's like, I why don't, are you bailing now? Yeah, I don't disagree with the logic he's stating. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's worth. But that seems like the type of thing that should be brought up in a CAA meeting. It should be going, hey, hey, Signetti, hey, you know, other well, that's coaches. That's the thing I want to get to, like, Rob. Is- should should we really be doing this as a league and as a subdivision? Should we really be playing a spring season if it's going to jeopardize us getting back with full stadiums? Well. JMU and NDSU and Montana with full stadiums, everybody else with <laughs> right, right. one third full. But like, well, Towson's pretty full when JMU Towson's goes to full. Towson. Yeah. When JMU goes to Towson, but it's like, pretty full. Yeah. There's the potential to have these games have zero revenue impact in the spring. I'm right. sorry if I'm if people want to say no, an no, alarmist, no, no. but like maybe things work out and we get some big my advances. Guess is if JMU plays my guess right now, best guess, right? JMU plays in the spring. We're looking at some kind of like limited capacity, limited capacity, season ticket right? holders, family, friends, student and season section. ticket holder, yeah. student section. And, and then we'll see about the ticket holders, you know, but yeah. So best case, what are you looking yeah, best at? Case. 6,000 people. Yeah. And, and, and there is, and I think at that point there's almost incentive to reduce the number, right? I mean, like, if you're going to have, let's take JMU Stadium for example, right? There's a 25,000 seat capacity. It's it's almost like a more of a loser to have 8,000 than it is to have 2,000, right? I mean, just in the sense that like we see this every year with playoff games and stuff like that. Like, if you're only going to have 10,000, that's almost worse because of all the people you have to hire to deal with that yeah. many people than it is to have like friends, family, and students. Yeah. You know, but we'll see. We'll cross that. Whatever. Bridge. I mean, we can yeah. we can go through that. Like, yeah. the, the back of the envelope math makes you think like, man, all this additional testing and paying mm-hmm. for it's tough. protocols. It's tough. When you look at limited revenue, like I don't disagree with the sentiment like, hey, this might not be worth playing six or eight games to sacrifice. But the reality is like that's what's happening. So you either get on board. Or you go behind the scenes and you lobby everybody else. Say, hey, collect. Let's make a decision together, and let's come up with something. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever. Be creative. Everybody wants to have a championship. You and I want a championship. We want to see playoffs. But maybe you say, hey, no, this doesn't make sense. Let's do some sort of regional pods or home and homes or do like a four game season. Whatever. Do that behind the scenes. Don't just bail. Yeah. In October, that makes no sense. No to sense. Me. No. Unless they're and- really just taking a calculated risk that. By us doing this and getting out ahead of it, all these other people probably feel like us. 50% of these probably feel like us. It's going to create enough pressure and everybody's going to go. And here we go. That hasn't happened yet. I don't know. You would think if that was going to happen, it would be happening in the next you know week to 10 days where you'd have Rhode Island and Albany being like, yeah, yeah you're right. We're out too. Let's do this. I don't know. Nobody else done that yet. They're probably being a little bit more like we described and saying, let's collect more data and see if we can do this safely. And it's worth holding out for, you know, we just talked about all these bad scenarios where nobody in the stands. Well, there's also the good scenarios. Yeah. What if there's a breakthrough? 100%. What if there's a vaccine? What we if we start all to- be, it's not impossible, right? That we're all in Frisco having a good time or some, you know, two fan bases are in Frisco having a good time in May, in mid May. Correct. N- not like, literally throwing down, you know, like having a great time. It's that is not out of the realm of possibility. Correct. And we're not saying let's go do that. We don't want people no, 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 advocating that yet. Like, I'm just but saying it's October. Like, yeah. Why not be positive and say, mm-hmm. let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Let's give it some time. Would it really be that more damaging if Towson were to pick up, pull up stakes in January? I mean, like 
what's the harm? They're not, we're not going to, they're not going to get kicked out of the CAA. Yeah. It's a nuisance well, either way. Yeah. Just, Here's the $90 million question, right? Is for JMU, this felt to, to you and I, I think this felt like a real, just another real nail in the coffin of JMU's relationship with the conference. Right. I mean, there's been many of those nails over the last decade, but this one felt like a real kick in the teeth just in like, what are we talking about here? Like, who is our, who are we, you know, aligned with at this point? Well, I'll I'll Um, give you this, but I I don't know. I don't know the answer because I I don't know. You know, we, we talked to Cliff, we talked to the Duke club a couple weeks ago and you know, it's tough times whether it's JMU or anywhere else. And for as much as I'd like to sit here and say like this Towson, this kind of decision from Towson is just like the millionth siren song of JMU needs to find somewhere else with other allies at the same. I don't know if that's a realistic possibility for anyone at this point to be thinking about where do we go elsewhere? You know? Well, I think you need to take the Towson decision. I agree with everything you're saying, by the way. Mm -hmm. But I think you can't look at the Towson decision in isolation. Mm-hmm. To me, you need to pair it with the other unnamed league members' opposition to a CA championship in the spring. Yeah, all this bitching about the championship, championship game. game. It's, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's like, okay, like, do you really want to make a go of this or do you just want to make football for your school as mm-hmm. least intrusive as possible on the rest of operations? And that's what it's coming across like. Like, we're not saying that JMU is trying to tell the CAA, let's go. We're going to crash, you know, the FBS. We're going to right, help, right, you know, right, 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 right. But it's like, let's make the most of our opportunity and really maximize what we have here. Mm-hmm. And there's the opportunity to create revenue earning op- situations like we just mm-hmm. talked about. Like a championship game, yeah, it's not going to be the SEC championship. We're not packing the Mercedes Benz Dome or whatever it's called now. Right. But that's a cool little thing that you could possibly sell. Yes. You know? Um, it creates some take excitement advantage to take this. advantage of it. Like, so it's just the fact that we've all been kind of dealt a bad hand with this COVID situation, right. but that's almost secondary. It's just like, how committed are these schools to actually advancing the league as, as an entity? And it doesn't seem like there are, it doesn't seem like there's any unity. It seems like JMU is an extreme outlier and not an outlier in the sense of like, they want to do bigger and better and screw the rest of you guys. But it's like, Hey, we, we've got an opportunity. We've got a path to bigger and better. We need you guys to do it. And they won't join us. That's what's really getting me. This is not Jamie saying we're too big for this league. We're going to leave. We're going to go play in this thing. They're going, Hey guys, look, this is a great opportunity. We've got this big brand. We've got this big stadium. We know Stony Brook, you know, you're you're into this Delaware Towson. Oh, Mm -hmm. maybe not. You know, that's (laughs) a big, that's a big deal. These are not, giant insurmountable things that JMU is proposing a conference championship game should be a no brainer, especially in a year where you're probably only getting one team per conference in the playoffs. Yes. In this spring situation. Look, the CAA may actually get two, um, depending on how this shakes out, but you know, but for the, it would be a good year to keep a lot of interest. (laughs) I don't know. To keep everybody love, give everybody a shot. Everybody be in, everybody be in in the, I mean, and halfway through the season. Yeah. I mean, the cat's out of the bag. We're not telling anybody who's paying attention or anything they don't know. But like JMU was the lone school in opposition or support not maybe not the lone, but the most vocal opponent of the flow sports deal. 
you know, everybody else just seems satisfied with taking the bare minimum approach. And it's like, if you want to make this happen, make it happen. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's very frustrating. I've, I've, I've always been kind of like, Hey, let's pump the brakes. CAA isn't that bad. People are overblowing it, but I think it's headed for divorce. I, I don't think this is going to be six months or 12 months. Jamie goes FBS. I think for all those reasons you just stated about yeah. financials and everything, it is a very difficult time. This is not a situation where Jamie can just, you know, call up an FBS conference of its choice and say, Hey, let us in there. You know, let, let's go make it happen. Jamie has a pretty dire financial situation. As Cliff told us last time, they've got to get through that. Jamie needs to weather the storm and keep all of its programs intact. Once they do that, they get over the hump, things stabilize. We're, you got to find more like-minded institutions. And I'm not saying just FBS. Oh, well, and I, I think that I, I think weather that the storm be, is a good way of saying it, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, the, she, that's a good um, idiom for this because there are programs. I mean, we, we, I mean, let's talk about Coach Houston for a second, right? I mean, there are programs at the FBS level right now who are taking 20% pay cuts. Yeah. Who are cutting sports. I mean, there's going to be a real reshuffling when this is all said and done. You know, two years from now, I think things are going to look very different. And one thing's for sure that this has shown for JMU is they've passed on other opportunities. And now it's going to be really time to, you know, put up or shut up a little bit about for, and I don't mean that in a bad way, like uh, like we have to move up or we have to do this. But I do think schools are going to be shaking out. I mean, I think if you're at Maine right now, oh, I mean, I mean, you're looking at laying off faculty, yeah, from COVID, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when you don't have foreign, I mean, putting aside Homeland Security decisions and everything else about F one visas and HB ones, I mean, your revenue is way down. And I think you got schools in the CAA who are saying, we can't even afford a whisper mm-hmm. of like sports are moving the needle at this school or our state legislature is going to run us out on a rail. And JMU really just can't be aligned with that kind of school. Like That's the point where it just, you lose me here. And, and I think there's schools at the G5 level, right? At the group of five who are going to come back the other way right now. I mean, what's yeah, funny UMass, is- I, I don't know. I mean, if you're a UMass professor right now, how do you feel about, you know, like what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, oh. it's funny right. because the entire Jeff Bourne 18 to 24 months comment <laughs> could finally be coming to fruition in the next 18 to 24 months. That's the most taken, most out of context quote that's been repeated by people. If you go back, I've said this for the I've said this a million times. He said essentially that he could see the FCS FBS distinction breaking apart and maybe the P5 going away and there'd be that reshuffling and yes, Jamie could be a part of that. Essentially saying like the P5 is going to break away. Yeah. And Jamie part perfectly logical. Oh, I it's agree definitely breaking away now. Definitely breaking away. Um Jamie needs to move on. I don't think Jamie needs to move up, so to speak. Yes, JMU needs to move well, on. Move and, on, not move up is a yes. good way of and they need to find yep. they need to find institutions, regardless of classification, who mm-hmm. are more aligned with their mission. Mm-hmm. Because Jamie does not have a ton of money right now. Jamie needs to make so you need to spend wisely. And it's really not worth pouring millions of dollars into an athletic program 
if the rest of the league is trying to pinch pennies and do the bare minimum. So if that means you find some sort of regional FBS conference, which, oh my gosh, you know, like whatever, we can all talk about that. Like, oh, it should be App State, no to you and Marshall, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Um, you just got to find schools that say, hey, this is what we'd like to do with our athletic department. We would like to really advance the mission of the school. We'd like to create publicity, the front porch theory. And we'd really like to, you know, have regional television, blah, blah, blah. Just state your goals. And if everybody in the room says, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, that's that's kind of relatively north for us to let's go with it. Go create a league, do it. But you can't have this like, eh, I don't know. I'm really more interested in our basketball program and really more focused on hockey. And we really like football, but we just like it for the value of this two, two rivalry games or like the CAA is an absolute mess right now. And mm-hmm. JMU is the outlier. And it's just that this Towson decision really for me was kind of the final, I won't say nail in the coffin. It was more like the slap in the forehead, like, Hey dummy, quit fooling yourself. This is not going to work out in the long term. <laughs> it's just, it's just, they're not on the same page. It's the, the between CA football being a separate entity and then CA large. It's just, it's an absolute mess. Yeah, it is. Cause you can't, you can't expect, and you just, we've been saying it for years, but you can't expect Drexel to vote like JMU or Elon. No, because it's just not going to have the same <laughs> and doesn't have the same priorities. And at a time like this, those priorities are brought into super focus. So I, I don't know. We've probably beat that enough. I, we did. But. You know, we don't we don't have the answer, but it, it's it was really disappointing to hear that from Towson, a school that you know they put their lacrosse program on a national level, and or or consider themselves you know to be a you know like you said they they care about athletics in certain areas. Or, or try to give off that impression. And it's really disappointing. And they're in a state where you've got the university of Maryland and then it's kind of just, yeah, they have, it's they just, have it's just white space. Ready to be it's just there. a white yeah. space after that. You know, like mm-hmm. JMU is in a much tougher situation. You've got Virginia tech, you've got UVA, you've got, you know, other FCS programs and real FBS and fake FBS and Liberty and stuff like that. But like, <laughs> but like yeah. Towson, it's just, it's right there to be that, mm-hmm. that, second the other to program. Maryland, the other program in an urban market um, with a school, pretty nice facilities and, mm-hmm. you know, decent academics. Like, man, it's, it's a golden opportunity. It was really disappointing to see. Sure was. So, all right. And with that, we will pivot to something a little more um, just positive here, Rob. We, we've got a awesome video. Was it today or yesterday? The women's basketball yesterday. program Yeah, yesterday and our, 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 Friend of the pod, Coach O, uh, Coach O Regan, just our absolute favorite. You know, what can we say? <laughs> we're we're in the tank for Coach O, uh, but it was really cool, and I thought it was, I thought it was awesome by JMU to let the women's team sort of put out the, I don't know if you call it the traditional, right? But the, it is, it's the traditional like hype the new facility, the new uniform, the new locker room, whatever it is video and i thought it was pretty great to let the women's team do it uh it also with kiki you know you have a marketable star like kiki and you have a coach who is pretty well known um versus the men's team and and you know by no fault of their own a lot of new faces (laughs) right they have a lot of new faces and and a new coach that most people aren't familiar with we talk you know we've talked about that with our guests the last few weeks as well 
But the women's team uh, put out some promotional videos of them getting their first, you know, full look at the Atlantic Union Bank and Trust the, Center. The full walkthrough. Yeah, yeah the full walkthrough. And it, uh, look, we'll <laughs> just, let's get the disclosure out of the way. It's tough to, to it, it concerns us, right? We're all in a tough economic time this year. And to see like kids getting hyped over a multi-million dollar facility is a little, a little weird. It, it's incongruous with the rest of 2020 at the moment, right? That said, from a pure Duke's standpoint, it was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so much fun. When we got to the end and Kiki's looking at that giant, like lit up picture of herself coming into the building. I mean, when those players walked on the court there, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean. Uh, and, and check it out. I guess was it uh, JMU women's basketball tweeted it out obviously it's a video it's like i said it's just them walking through this the the new arena it is absolutely amazing just to see it's the stunning from from the student athletes who committed when they were ready to play in the combo i'm sure that already that was the- yeah i mean geez the combo was a dump but, and the, the practice court oh i like mean for them to see the practice facility i mean it looks like the nba in there you know yeah Oh, yeah. the Spurs in there. The locker compared to room. Like just, yeah, yeah. Oh, everything yeah. about it was just so top notch. It was so cool. Um, the video boards and everything. It's it's a very non JMU arena. I will say, as somebody who who started is, yeah. JMU in, geez, we're going to get to that in OT. The, but yeah. the, the early nineties. Um, mm-hmm. This is crazy. It's just state of the art. It's just a beautiful place to play. That video was recruiting gold. I know as alums, we all got excited. But if you're a high school senior, if you're if you're a hmm. women's college basketball player or, or a men's or mm-hmm. an aspiring women's college basketball player, oh my gosh. First of all, the girls look like they're having so much fun. The team is just – that's such a great team. Coach O has built ah. such a great culture with them. They're having so much fun. Kiki is going nuts when she sees herself, but everybody else on the team is going nuts seeing Kiki see herself. Like, yeah. It just looks like such a great program to be a part of. That is absolute recruiting gold. You see all of them with their selfie sticks and generationally, I don't get that, but like, <laughs> so you know what's going on all their personal Instagrams? Like that is just amazing, amazing recruiting gold. Um, it's such a great arena. I'm really excited to get in there. It's just another bad thing about 2020 that it has to fall in this year where we're not really going to have that grand opening. We're going to have the pseudo grand opening and there's going to be a game there, but then it's really not going to be until next year. So, but it was really cool. That was awesome. I enjoyed watching it. Oh, it was beautiful. And, and you know, who knows? I, it's funny. I, the, you know, I've watched the Raiders and the, with the chargers Rams, you know, the LA stadium and the Raiders Vegas stadium, um, you know, come online this year that especially the charge and the Rams. I feel like I've watched so much of that. SoFi Stadium in the first few weeks. Yeah. And the one weird thing with not having fans is there is more time. There's no, you don't have to cover fans, right? You just, it is, I, yeah, who knows? I'm trying to put a silver lining on something that can't be put a silver lining <laughs> football, on. But. Football, I think, is easy without fans because the in game shots don't typically show the crowd. Mm-hmm. Basketball is a little tougher, particularly. Yeah, I've been a little basketball. worried about that from a college basketball college standpoint. Basketball. That NBA uh, bubble basketball in Orlando. I actually grew to well, love fantastic. it. It's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's same. I think we both talked about this, and the way they set it up in that weird arena was awesome, right? Because they just they had a sort of bottomless budget to 
make it look cool for TV. And it is going to be jarring, I think, to see college basketball in these empty arenas without the benefit of those giant video boards or all the cool stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be weird to see. But in any case, uh, it was awesome. You're right. Uh, from a standpoint of recruiting and what this means for the future of Jamie basketball, men's and women's and, and just for the Valley. Like I didn't even think about that too much watching that video. Cause all I could think about was the games. Right. Um, but it's going to be a cool arena. It's a cool place. Yeah. You can attract a lot of big name performers there that you probably they're, could they're gonna have to legit stuff come, come there. And that's something they haven't really been able to, I I mean, they haven't had that selling point at all in the Valley. And I I think they're going to put themselves on the map a little bit. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's not like everybody who goes to whatever a flower show or a concert or something Mm -hmm. is going to become a Jamie basketball fan. But I do think there's a greater chance, the more people you can expose to the campus, Mm -hmm. the greater chance it might come back and be like, Oh, well, I'll come check this out again. This was nice. I enjoyed being here and this is such a great facility. So nothing but positives. Yeah. Except for the fact that it's 2020, which is (laughs) kind of the biggest negative ever. (laughs) What what are we down? It's October 21st. So we're, we're down to like two, two less than two and a half months. So we're almost there. Uh, well, thank you all. Rob, we want to do an OT tonight and we, we kind of looked back through, we we were struggling a little bit. Our, Our, we we got some suggestions tonight that will take a little more thought from us. Yes. So we're 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 grateful for those and and we will come back to them. But we had been making a list all along of other overtime suggestions that would take us some thought. And one of them that was suggested somewhere along the way was buildings under construction when we were freshmen. And that's a little too specific, but we were just thinking about like buildings that were coming online when we were in school. And I, I guess this is really a this is a pure old guys leave category, Rob. Oh goodness so, gracious! This is this is you're you're even older sho- than I. Shovel will. the dirt on our graves. I mean, should should I start us off because I'm younger? I don't know. Or should you start off because you're I mean, older? Younger? It's two years. Like <laughs> you're right, I still right, think right, he's right. younger too, but you're an old guy just like me. No, um, the the funny thing, yeah, you go ahead. I, yeah, I can't actually recall. Which again talks about how old I am. No, this um, one's incredible. I can't believe I, you're about to say this. I think Wampler Hall <laughs> was under construction. And if I if I recall, that is the one that's like kind of by JMs, which again is a point of reference that doesn't matter to anybody who's, who's under. But that was the dorm kind of on the edge of the quad, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. That was it's definitely the one with the twenty-four hour computer lab in the basement. For, yeah, yeah, uh, that was. Majors. Yeah, that was of inner construction. Um, yeah. that and pretty much the entire the East Campus wasn't even a dream. That was yeah, it was for a both condo. of us really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess there was that, and then the other thing that I guess would probably date us a little bit mm-hmm. would be picking up our mail in Warren Hall. Oh, checkbox. Yeah. Checkboxes. Yeah, check you, you had the mailboxes with like you shared with two other people. <laughs> I don't know. And we had a friend. I won't. I won't say his real name, but he ordered a certain um, adult magazine with a fake name to himself. <laughs> so Rob Gardner <laughs> used to get used to get a uh, magazine that would come to his mailbox in a black paper, black plastic bag. Oh my goodness! Yeah, for a couple of years. 
Oh, yeah, so amazing. I would think Wampler and then checking mail and until where the bookstore was, by the way. Yeah, that's where the bookstore was. Yeah. It was right by the mailbox. Right yeah, there. You'd, that's you'd incredible. Go, you would go to D Hall and you go back and you check your mail and then go back onto your dorms. The other thing that's crazy to me about Warren Hall at the time was I, I think I, I get confused about what was what, but like kind of the student union or student student affairs, mm-hmm. you know offices slash stuff were there. And that was one of the only places on campus that had a, it had like televisions where yeah. you could like go in the lounge there and well, watch had, like CNN or whatever, whatever, like there was know, like the eat. main floor you could go. And yeah. they had all those now, couches. like every dorm in the lounge has, you know, Fox news or ESPN or whatever is running on the channel. But back then there wasn't like a place you could communally watch TV like in the way that we think of it now. And I remember when I was in school is when the, I think I think it's the OJ verdict came down and like, that was where all the sort of like activity People were watching. Yes. Yes. That was like the only place on campus you could go to sort of communally be a part of that. And then like everything that happened, you know, subsequent to that was, was all centered around Warren hall in a way that now it would be so spread out. It's just so funny. I just, um, I never really understood what the building was. It was gigantic. And you had no, me neither. the bookstore, the you had the steakhouse on boxes, top, steakhouse. And wasn't, it was also a Mexican restaurant during the day, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, it probably was. It was like a Mexican oh, buffet. And it was probably, it was like something that probably wouldn't be considered PC nowadays. Like a hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I, I'm not going to venture guesses because I would just say something that wasn't BC, but like, right. I'm sure it wasn't something that would pass 2020 standards, <laughs> but it was good. It was good stuff. Was, yeah. And then you had like four floors of just offices. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And then, just weird offices. Yeah. And then they had tailored down under. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, TDU. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the coffee shop slash coffee ball. shop. Shit I think I might've seen. Shit Sane used to hang out there. Yeah. Did you see Annie DeFranco there? Like, it's I don't know. Like, it was, it was. <laughs> It was unusual. Yeah. But also the idea that you could have an entire on-campus community have their mailboxes in that one small area shows how much smaller the school was. Well, and the bookstore was like nothing. No. Like I think about the bookstore now and I'm like, oh my gosh, they can't even – like it could be four times that size on game days. The bookstore was books, just textbooks. You had like four JMU sweatshirts. And then a bunch of Bob Marley and Jim Belushi posters. Yeah, that's it. You know? Yeah. Well, mine was, and Rob, you never got this, but UREC. No, I got, I got UREC. You got UREC. Senior year. Senior year. But that's the other one for our time, right? Was I only had one year of Godwin Hall as the, as still the place you went to lift weights. (laughs) Like, like if you wanted to get a workout in, you had to wait in line in Godwin Hall. Like for the weight, literally, literally, literally wait in line in the hallway to get in the weight, like in on. Well, I did not because I did not not lift weights, but yes, other people. No, I know. But yeah, I mean, and the worst thing about it is like, I only went a couple of times because I, because of that, because of the, like you had to wait in line and deal with this thing and then go in there and be embarrassed if you're me. Right. Whereas like now I feel like, you know, every student can, I mean, UREC has had two developments since then. Uh, but yeah, your senior year, my sophomore year is when UREC came online. The original UREC came online and that was a, just an enormous game changer. I mean, it was we were still playing. Was no, we were, and we were playing intramurals in Godwin. Like, I mean, in Bridgeforth, 
Yeah. Like we're playing like intramural softball, softball in Bridgeforce Stadium Frisbee. at like yeah. 1130 PM. <laughs> you know, like people were playing like intramural t- touch football at, at Purcell Park and stuff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like ridiculous things. And and when UREC came online, that just changed everything. UREC I was mean, insane. I remember just Insane. Like, I mean, up there, like, the rounded corners in the hockey or whatever that like multi-purpose room was. Was like, oh my gosh! Oh yeah, for floor <laughs> hockey or indoor yeah, soccer. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I know it was crazy. Like you could be up there, probably three nights a week, because mm-hmm. th- you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you'd have intramurals. Thursday, Friday, you know, you'd be doing parties and everything. But it was crazy. You, that was exactly like you said. Like it wasn't just meatheads lifting. No, like, the Godwin weight room was a little bit intimidating. It was very much like the weight belts and the big Extremely. guys in the chalk and. If for just like the average student who wanted to keep in shape or maybe like do a little bit of workout to, to de-stress, Godwin was not friendly for that. You wreck, it was fine. It was big. It was huge. You could just do your own thing. You go, whatever, ride a bike or do a stair climber. Or even mm-hmm. if you wanted to, God forbid, do the bench and not have six plates on the end. Like you know, Godwin, <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> but then you could also go play hoops. They had the track. They had it was awesome. And then the turf fields out back. Yeah, that was absolutely a game changer. It was yeah. It was, it was crazy. I, I was so happy I caught that for senior year, but really missed it for the first three years. Yeah. It, it, the funny thing is I think about these kids this year who must be I mean, I don't know. It's got to be weird. They went to a school where they never thought about not having these kind of amenities. And then for the first time, they've been probably somewhat limited this year. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how kids yeah. are doing it. I mean, yeah, like you actually have to like go run around town or ride your bike or something. I don't yeah. know, man. Like it's, we're all struggling. No, nobody any worse than No, and else. it's weird. I got a, my boss, boss's stepson is, you know, is there now and has like gone to school, then gone home and then gone back to school. Like what a weird way to start your, start your college career. I mean, I, I don't know. Who knows? Good, yeah. I, it's good it's on those weird. kids. For good on those kids and, yeah, and following the rules and making the best of it. But man, little things like intramurals or homecoming or, you know, not just football games, like the big events, but all those little ones where you get to make friends and just get out and, um, or realize that this is like a bigger thing. Too yeah. like the homecoming thing you brought up, you know, just you're kind of aware of that, even if you're not, you know, even if you're not super plugged in, you're not in the band, you're not on a team, you're not whatever, like you're still kind of aware this is going on and it makes you feel like you're part of the Harrisonburg community, it makes you feel like you're part of the JMU community and that that community is bigger than just your professors and the students in your class. Yeah, and to be missing that is tough. So I just feel like a lot of the students are in a tough situation where f- the outsider's perspective of college students, once you leave college, tends to be like there's school and then there's just extreme partying. Mm-hmm. And th- mm-hmm. there certainly is that element at JMU. Like people take their classes seriously. People definitely go out and have a good time. Mm-hmm. But that's really missing out all the other things the clubs people join, you know, the, I mean, yeah, the activities Hulk, you participate the activities in, participate in the things you get to see in all those Godwin things, Hall or, yeah. or, you know, just like yeah. the, the, whatever you, you join an honor Wilson society, Hall, like or, the little things. Yeah. The little things like the stuff on a Wednesday night, you go see a speaker um, mm-hmm. or there's a concert and you miss out yes. on all that. Like yeah. people can get by with sacrificing a semester or two of going to parties. Uh, mm-hmm. 
goodness only knows you and I would have fought it. We would not have been happy <laughs> about it. But people can get by that and they can just focus on that. But you really feel bad. Like that whole kind of the enrichment and the growing up and the well-roundedness that mm-hmm. JMU seeks and provides, that's what really stinks that people are missing out on, you know? Yeah, for sure. But wait, those are some fun. Wampler Hall, Rob. Wampler, that, that is the one <laughs> you're I'm, right. You're right. I'm pretty right. sure that was like you're right. You're and right. I don't think that was even built. Maybe to my sophomore or junior year. Uh, I forget, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of East Campus. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I we didn't have uh, we didn't have festival till I was gone. So no, I mean, forget dorms and everything else. It was just. East like campus said, was, it was the just convo. convo. And convo. then UREC, by the time you left, it was UREC. Yeah. But that was it. That was it. nothing else. Nothing else. The Arboretum. You'd go mountain yeah. biking over there. And the soccer fields were over there for a while. Yeah. At some point, but that, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. The Arboretum. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, Rob, it's good to talk to you. It's good to uh, try this stuff out. Hopefully, we will figure out how to edit this um, and get it up tomorrow. Uh, thank you, everybody who's listening. We are going to be back in the saddle here uh we're we're good to go i think right right rob we're yeah this seemed pretty pretty yeah we're gonna try to get back on monday night recordings and get these things out a little earlier in the week um if not you know next week then pretty soon here and we'll be try to be consistent through the end of the year and straight into the incredible jmu spring football season where we'll be looking forward to the cole johnson era at last or I don't know. I don't know. It's been so long since I could be Gage Maloney. Could be. Yeah. I have no idea at this point. I don't either. I have no clue. Um, Whoever stays off the COVID reserve list. Sorry. Um, But like you said, it it hasn't been as quite as, you know, much of a disaster as it could have been at the FBS level. And we're getting hopeful. Um, You know, just, just really hopeful. We can point ourselves in a direction to see those kids back on the field. Yep. Yep. So, Rob, I will talk to you next week, and uh, we'll have a guest or two coming up in the next few weeks, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Rob. See you, everybody. Go Dukes. Yay!